Hello, everybody. Ella J here on behalf of WrestleZone. And today I am joined by your reigning and defending NWA Women's World Champion, the Brick House. Camille, Camille, how are you doing today? I'm good. We talked a little earlier. I'm a little exhausted. A little exhausted. I had quite the weekend this past weekend. So You you did, I, and, and we will yeah. talk about that in a bit, my friends. But obviously, of course, we are here to largely discuss the upcoming NWA 312 pay-per-view where you will be defending your NWA Women's Championship against La Rosa Negra. Of course, you are a dominant force to be reckoned with at 660 days as champion by the time this interview comes out. So what are your thoughts heading into this match what can fans expect from you two i am very excited to get in there it'll be a first time matchup we've we've never i mean not even in a tag or anything like we've never touched in the ring and it's something that's really exciting for me just because um if anybody saw the promo that came out from a, a power episode yeah i've known uh, la rosa since i was doing my training down in florida like yes. however many years ago that was and i remember just knowing that she was someone that's been all over the world and so respected and in so many things. And, you know, I was just new and, and looking up to everybody in the locker room. And, and it's just funny because now, like I said, like the tables have turned and, you know, I have what she, she wants, which is the Burke. And um, I know it's going to be a hell of a fight. I mean, she is a warrior, like she's a fighter. And, um, and it's, I just have to go in there ready for a fight, ready to go as long as long as need be, get my cardio up. And, um, but I do think at the end of the night, it's going to be end still your champion. I know, like you know, said, you've known La Rosa Negra for quite a while. And obviously you've adopted a great respect for her, as you said, in that segment that you were alluding to. So do you remember when or where you exactly met La Rosa Negra for the first time? Can you kind of talk about a bit more about your admiration or respect for her? I want to say, could be wrong, but I want to say it was like a um a shine, a shine show Florida. down in Tampa at yeah. um, was, I think it was called the Orpheum. That's when they used to do their shine shows there. Um, but and we were all just in the girls' locker room, and I like I just had a little um a dark match on that show. Like I wasn't even on the main you know show, and um, yeah, it was just being able to watch her in the ring and her confidence, and and also. How, how she treated other people like she's just a nice human being and like it, knowing that she's done so much in the business she still didn't like talk down to people or you know have her nose up at people and so that was something that I think that's the thing that I admire most about any human being in the world is not just their skill in the wrestling ring but how they are as a human being and how they they treat others. And I have to tell you, talking about admiration, I've said this several times, but never directly to you, but truly your growth in the last 19, 20 months, I would say has been absolutely incredible to watch. I know before you won the title, you had only had a few matches with NWA at that point, but honestly, I feel like since Empower NWA 73 weekend, that match with Layla, I feel like you've absolutely blossomed into I feel like you've absolutely blossomed. So through your own point of view, how do you think that you've grown as a woman and performer since that point? Yeah, I definitely agree that the NWA 73 with Layla Hirsch, that was my first uh, title defense yeah. after winning the title from Serena Deeb. And from there, I mean, I've said in interviews before, I would, I didn't even know if I was ready to be a champion. I was like, whoa, all right, here we go. We're, we're just diving into the deep end here. And um I, I just took building confidence and getting reps. I mean, everybody knows wrestling just reps, reps, reps. And so 
you know, being able to also like with NWA, we're able to work independent shows outside of. So just being able to get in as many dates as possible and then bring it into having like championship style matches on pay-per-views and stuff like that. Um, it's really just grown my confidence in the ring, outside of the ring. I say I'm, I, I carry myself, but like today's not a good example. I've been to sweats and and every, but you guys, I like I said, had a long weekend, okay? But we're yeah. here, we're doing the interview, and um, yeah, just uh, and I feel like it's also it can be a strange position because I still feel like I am uh, very new in the business, but I know like when we have girls come in, um, you know, for dark matches and, and, and trying to work their way up into the NWA and stuff like that, like they're looking up to me a certain type of way. And it's, and it's like, Whoa, like this is a weird place to be in now too. Cause I'm still new. Um, but I understand that I also have that responsibility to be someone that people do look up to. And, um, and I, I take that very seriously because uh, I think, not so much leading with like words, but leading with your actions as a champion is very important. I feel like too, you've said in a, in a previous interview that you felt that you've grown a lot as a talker as well. So can you tell me more about your progression on the mic, whether it be for promos, interviews, et cetera? Yeah. I mean, I've always been that, like I used to act and stuff when I was younger, like do plays and all yes. that stuff. So I've never, I've never had a problem with like public speaking or anything like that. I think the, the progression, like, is more so that I came in as a silent character, and I was silent for two years. And so, number one, I always laughed because people had an expectation about what I was going to sound like, especially since I was with, uh, like, Tom and Nick, who are British yeah. guys. They, they, I think they assumed I'd be British. And then I come out with a country accent and, like, a deep <laughs> voice, and everyone's like, whoa, what the, what the hell? <laughs> so that was, like, jarring for people at first. But now that people are getting used to my voice and just the way I talk, my mannerisms, it's like, okay, okay, we got, like, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's almost like it's, like, the reverse of, you know, when you hear a radio a radio host and you have no idea what they look like, but you, yes. you create, create this <laughs> yeah. image in your head yeah. and you see them and, and you're like, whoa. nothing like it. Yeah, it was, like, the reverse for my voice. People expected a certain voice, and then it was like, "Whoa, no, okay." But but now they're used to it, okay. And <laughs> and we're all so like, but I love to like I love doing promos, and I think for me, uh, promos. I mean, like I look back to the Attitude area and like the vignettes they did and stuff like that. Like promos are what build the match and what get people excited. And so um, to me, the more promos and the more talking and like less physicality you do before the match. And just say the physicality for the actual match builds the excitement. I've, I'm curious too, kind of, I wasn't anticipating this, but have you adopted some of the British slang and like British mannerisms of Tom? It's funny that you say that because I don't think so, right? But okay. I've had multiple people be like, why did you say it like that? Like, why? You sounded, <laughs> you sounded like Tom. You sound like you. So I guess. I guess it's not like I put on a British accent, but maybe the um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like the way in which dialect, I yeah, yeah. Like I put, but I don't know. I do it now. I have no, I because I'm like, what are you talking about? I don't know. Yeah, I do it, so but I, I guess like it's the same. It kind of just naturally happened after spending so much time with someone. You adopt like obviously their language, like anything about them, really. But yeah, definitely. I I feel like too throughout your evolution, I've definitely noticed something too, which doesn't happen a lot. But I feel like the audience just started organically connecting with you because obviously before you were kind of this intimidating heel, but then slowly and slowly you started blurring that line and began having some baby face moments, and yeah. your work and representation just became honestly undeniable. 
So is that something you sort of noticed as well? Or what is your reaction to the audience sort of warming up to you? Yeah, so I completely agree with that. When I first won the title, I remember that first won the title, the next day of tapings, uh, the audience was like, you deserve it. Blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, you guys, like, I'm supposed to be healed. What are you doing? Like, cut it out, yeah. you know? It's, <laughs> um, and then, and so they were like, they were just happy for me, I guess, initially. But then it kind of went back into heal mode, right? And I was heal, heal, heal. And then, I, like you said, it was started organically, like, kind of switching. And then it was like, oh, no, I'm in this weird tweener position, which I'm, I'm old school, so I don't really like the tweener yeah. thing. I like, you know, and I was like, oh, God, uh, I don't really like this tweener thing. And so now I am, I would say, like, just an aggressive face. Yeah. Um, and I've just kind of owned it. I mean, admittedly so. I think it's way more fun to be a heel. <laughs> um. But you got to you got to embrace what the natural reaction is. I don't think you should try to like force something that's not there, right? And so, yeah. Now I'm just like, you know what? I'm a face, but I'm also still like, I'm still me. I'm still a badass, and I can still kind of work it. You know what I'm yeah. saying? I don't. Um, but I like you said, I just had to embrace the facts that they were embracing me and and go with it. And so that's also. I mean, it also plays into like how you put your matches together and stuff like that because. You know, is yeah. <laughs> you, I um, I want to give the fans the the best time possible when they're enjoying a match, and so there's a lot, a lot of characteristics and dynamics to go into it, and and if you are if you're um, naive to what people's perception of you is, then I think that you're not going to get the best out of your match. So it's important to, like you said, take in what's organically happening and just roll with it. I feel like. So I was there at Empower at 73 weekend, and then obviously the tapings after. I remember you cutting a promo, trying to stay in character, but we were cheering for you because there was just so much respect after that weekend, especially for yourself. I feel like naturally after that, the people were like, this girl is good. And so I feel like we naturally were like, like we need to give her some props. So why do you think that maybe... Why do you think that this audience perception kind of changed? Because like I said, it didn't feel like an intentional shift in character, but the audience just started naturally gravitating towards you. Why do you think that was so? I do think that um, a big part of it is because, so when I was with Nick Aldis as his insurance policy, and even kind of blending in with Strictly Business, people looked at me just as a um, as a valet, you know? Yeah. As a, um, so the respect as a wrestler was not there. And I really did have to earn people's respect. And like you said, the the more that I that I had matches and had quality matches and showed that I was improving, improving, I think like people just were like, oh, I, you know what? Actually, you're pretty freaking good. Yeah. And, and I think that, I think that if they would have like gone into it already thinking that, there wouldn't have been like this switch. Whereas since they went in kind of like, arms crossed all right prove it but prove yourself so then then it's like well oh well shit she did prove herself and we gotta kind of respect that and so you know it's one of those things like people say like love me or hate me you gotta respect me type thing i think that's what shifted and um and i've just been rolling with it yeah and we've talked about 
you've had an evolution as a performer in the ring, but there's also another big part that you evolved in that being the gear department. And I know, <laughs> and I know you have a creative mind because you wanted to be a fashion designer when you were younger. So yeah. when it comes to your ring gear, are there certain sources of inspiration you normally gravitate towards when drafting up your gear or what does that creative process look like when you're creating this gear or envisioning it? So that's a good question, and I appreciate it because it's like a different question that's not been asked on a podcast, so I appreciate it. Um, but what's funny is, yes, when I was little, I used to, like, I didn't know how to sew, but I tried my best to, like, yes. sew. And, and <laughs> I would, my mom, I'm sure somewhere, has, like, you know, my little design book and stuff like that. But let me tell you what. All of this gear, I have not designed a single bit of it. No. I my my That creative juice part of my brain has been turned off. Fair. And, and, <laughs> Yeah, I, I think maybe it's all been gone to just wrestling now. And um, so I have, I used uh, his name on Instagram, was like Julian something. He he does a lot of pictures for people. Yes. But basically, he, yeah. You know I know who talking you're talking about? about. Yeah, because he does stuff for Mickey too. Yeah, yeah. Mickey, yes, yeah, he loves Mickey. He does a lot of stuff for Mickey. But I basically, I find these people because usually they'll, um, they'll like, draw up one for you and tag you mm -hmm. and then you're like oh wow that's amazing and then you start using them and so it's actually really smart on those people's behalf because it's like okay here's a freebie and then like and then i'll start paying you for it because you do great work you know what i mean and um so i usually just go and i i usually switch up people just depending on like what look i want to go for and what vibe i want to go for and um and then i have a gear designer i send it to and he he's awesome and and it's very i found a gear designer that i can trust which is I'm sure you've heard it's very hard in this industry to yeah <laughs> your, your designers are a special type of people and I think since they are like a creative type of people that they're also like um kind of on their own time you know what I mean so you got to find someone that can make sure you get your gear <laughs> on time yeah it, so it, I, it's, I found that guy so it's good especially with the mailing system and all of that yeah I can imagine it's probably like you're holding your breath as you're waiting for this thing to come in <laughs> Oh, yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I'm sure you've heard horror stories. There's, yes. times, there's times where people, they, they're, like, so excited. They got this special gear for the pay-per-view, and it doesn't show up. And, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then all of a sudden, you have to go shopping at the local mall or something. I've I've heard I've heard some stories Buy about some that. sequins. Buy yeah. sequins yeah. and stuff up. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I feel like you obviously have an appreciation for fashion, or at least – you did at least. So what was, from your perspective, who else in the wrestling space right now, do you think has a strong ring gear game or aesthetic? Um, I think like, so when I think of like a strong aesthetic, it's, it's like a consistency type of thing. So I, it's really cool to like change it up. But I think if you stick to a certain style, yeah. then it just becomes you. So like Taya Valkyrie with her like one, you know what I'm saying? Like her one piece and her and her mm -hmm. fluffy boots and, yeah. and her jackets. Like she always has it, like she changes it up, but it's always a certain type of aesthetic and you just relate it to Taya. So like she does a great job with that. Oh gosh, there's so many good ones out there. This is hard. And Ty is one of the first ones that come to mind because I just worked with her this weekend. So that's what, you yeah. know what I mean. Look at the first pe person that comes to mind. If if we talk and I think of another one randomly, I'm going to blurt it out. But yeah, okay. Ty is really good because it's very key point of what I'm saying is it has to be relatable to you. Like I think what's good about my stuff is I always come out with like the warrior like little skirt and jacket. Yeah, and it's like no matter what you know changes are on it, it's still that basic concept. And so it's like okay, that's 
Camille. Yeah, it's like gladiator esque, like yeah, if exactly. that makes sense. But obviously, you mentioned since you alluded to it, obviously along those same lines, obviously pushing ourselves out of our comfort zones is key to growth, which you certainly just did in your recent travels to Mexico for AAA's Lucha Libre World Cup, where you, alongside Jordan Grace and Diana Praza, went all the way to the finals and brought home the win for Team USA. But you mentioned before that you actually didn't have much experience in trios competition, so. Huh. So you had not one, but two trios matches in the same day. So what was your approach or mindset going into this this situation? It's kind of new territory for you. Honestly, I get to a point where I've realized how stressful the situation can be that I'm like, you know what? I'm not stressed about it because it's, you know what I'm saying? Like it goes above, above the stress barometer and explodes and then lands at the bottom. So you know, like I was just like, you know what? Let it go. Just see what happens. Go in there with an open mind. Because that's another thing too is like, I usually like going into matches with tons of ideas. And but the thing is when you're working with so many people, like you can't already have the, like so many ideas because it takes so many moving parts to put it together. And so I was like, you know what? I'm just going to go in with an open mind and, and we're going to just put this thing together and and see what happens. Um, the beautiful thing about it is, you know, you can communicate with your teammates during. And so you don't feel like you're on an island alone. Whereas like a singles match, it's like, all right, one-on-one is just yeah. all eyes on you. Whereas you have almost a bit more like a level of comfort because you have all these people around you. So um, although it was a new territory, there was also a different higher level of um comfortability you know just you're in there with your friends and and you just feel like safe and um and like you're just having a good time yeah and I know you've worked with D before but I believe this was your first time working with Jordan and in, in capacity mm-hmm. it, it was my first time with Jordan and I poor girl I know she was exhausted because she's like thir- she was like 13 days out she was in her, Australia uh, recently too, and then going I know, to yeah, US no and Mexico. Yeah, because I, I prepped for a bodybuilding show myself, but it was over COVID. Yeah, so I was I was wrestling here and there, but I I, saw, I told her I said I don't know how you are traveling internationally doing this. I mean, good for you. That that's a whole another level of dedication right there. I think like people they can kind of get it, but like until you've done that, you do not understand what I mean. It's insane that she is wrestling this much and training for a bodybuilding show it's really crazy so good for her <laughs> yeah and i i feel like too you've had you you've had a unique journey you started in wrestling then you went to the um lfl i believe it was yeah. and you were doing yeah. uh, obviously bodybuilding and we've talked a lot about growth but as we know life can present us with some challenges so as you kind of go through those challenges can you name some of those biggest challenges that you have faced throughout your career and how you combated or maybe coped with them so I'd say when I think of the word like challenge, it was I faced the most challenges when I first started training and then trying to work the indie scene uh, just because it was a whole new territory and I wasn't sure how to navigate it. And I've come I've come from a sports background and I've played uh, like every sort of sport and worked my ass off for my entire life. Yeah. Right? I, I never had spring breaks. I never got to do all this. Like I do, it was just sports and it was just working hard. And, and basically I was always taught like what you put in, you get out, but wrestling is a little bit different. And, you know, there's a lot of factors that play into it. And, um, it, it there's a, also a certain 
demographic, a type of people that wrestling can attract. And um, it didn't really align a lot of times with like my morals, my values and stuff like that. So I really struggled with that at the beginning of my wrestling career because I wanted to stay true to myself. And um, I didn't want to kind of uh, sell my soul to the devil, if you will, just to make it to the top. And so I really, I really struggled with that. And so that's why even before I came to NWA, I quote unquote, as a lot of wrestlers done, retired from wrestling. I was like, okay, well, I'm done wrestling just because yeah. ah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure it's the right industry. Like, I'm not sure I align with this this industry. Um, but it's kind of like a gang, and it always always brings you back in. You're not you're not really done with it until you're you're dead. So um, that was my. I know I'm kind of vaguely answering the question, but just the biggest challenge was figuring out how to navigate the space and stay true to myself and stay humble and stay in this reality and not get caught up in in the the wrestling quote-unquote reality yeah well the reality is you are a basically record-breaking champion at this point one obviously you have you are surpassed you're going to be surpassing 660 days soon so as you kind of look to obviously you have this uh title match coming up but as you look to the future kind of on the statistical side of it you're actually only about 100 and 100 days away from cracking the top five reigns combined in nwa history which you're doing in just one single reign. So that itself <laughs> is super huge. So is there a certain number or days that you would like to reach as champion as you kind of, the, the milestones keep aiming higher and higher? I don't know why, but I, just, I guess top three would be cool. Like, I, first of all, I'm not delusional. I know I'm never going to pass Moolah. Like, no, <laughs> no one in Fair. today's... Society is going to do that. Like, let's be realistic, okay? <laughs> I, like, I'll probably be done wrestling before that can happen. I mean, those, I don't know. Come on. We all know that she, that she booked herself a certain type of way. So she had that thing for a long time. <laughs> um, but yeah, top three would be cool. And like you said, the fact that, because I would like to all do it in, in one reign. Like, that's my thing is like one time champ. So, yeah. um, that would be cool. But I also, at the same time, don't really get caught up on it. Like, that's, I always find out how many days I've had it when I do yeah. podcasts like this. And people tell me, and I'm like, oh, cool. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I guess in my head, like, top three would be cool. Cracking top five in itself is, I mean, that's amazing. Uh, that's something that I never would have, uh, never would have expected a couple years ago, right? So yeah, I'm just super grateful and blessed and happy. And, um, and I'm grateful for everybody that I've been able to get in the ring and have a championship match with. And I also hope my hope for it is too, that they feel like elevated by the experience as well. You know what I'm saying? Um, that, that, that they got something from it. I feel like every match that you have with anybody on the Indies, whether it's a championship match, whether it's just a random six minute match, like I, as long as you like gain something from it, I feel like it's a positive. So absolutely keeping I feel like that's good not to fixate on numbers because I feel like we all I feel like we all sometimes you know maybe over focus or over analyze our own growth but that's that's kind of a good mindset to have of just living in the moment and now look at you you are absolutely flourishing like I said your transformation has really been really one 
that has been beautiful to watch in person. And obviously coming up, we still have this 3-1-2 pay-per-view. The card is still shaping up, but as of now, I am pleasantly surprised to see that as of now, half the cards, uh, half the matches on the card are women's matches. So for you, is there any matchup besides yours that you are looking forward to seeing so far and why? Uh, I'd say I am, I'm a Kenzie Page fan, so I'm looking forward to Kenzie's match, and it's like a special uh, match because I saw, I didn't even realize this, but she posted when it was announced that it's going to be her um, first singles pay-per-view match. Yes. And so I'm just so excited for her. Um, I can't wait to see it. She's going to kill it, and um, what happens from there. I mean, Kenzie is someone, I think to really keep your eye on, really to watch. She's she's tiny, but she's mighty, and she's intense, and she's just someone that is so fun to watch, and she's someone else that, like, she's grown not only physically but mentally in the ring, and just, um, yeah, I, I'm really looking forward to seeing Kinsey's match, and I'm pretty sure cause she's already made it, so her opponent, so her, her opponent is either going to be Taya or I, Max tonight. Yes. Right? Yes. Right. So, yeah, I don't even know who it's going to be, whether it's Taya, whether it's Max. I mean, regardless, she's going to have a fight on her hands because I've wrestled both those girls and it's going to be a fight. But, um, oh, it's going to be a good one. So everybody, of course, I'm going to say my match. Got to tune in for that. But you need to tune in for, for Kenzie's match as well. I feel like too, obviously you've been the you've been holding down a lot of the fort for the the singles division in NWA. Obviously there's the tag team champions, but like you said, they are introducing and crowning the first ever women's television champion. It's an interesting transition for Kenzie because she like like you said, she's been around the tag team realm the whole time, but now she's getting a push towards this singles championship. So I'm curious to know your thoughts on the introduction of another singles title for the women's division in in NWA. I mean, I think it's exciting. I think it's another opportunity for something, you know, for the girls to, to work towards. Um, and then the thing is, it's also something I have to keep my eye on a little bit because with the TV title, um, if they win seven in a row, they can cash it in and, and face me. True. So it's something that, although I'm not, you know, I have my own title to worry about, I have to have kind of a peripheral on that to see like, okay, how many? What are they at right now? You know, because at any moment they could cash it in to come for me. And so um, got to keep an eye on that. But I also am excited that it gives something uh, else for the girls to, to work towards and another, you know, opportunity. The more opportunities, yeah, the better. I'm not saying that we need 52 titles because then it's meaningless. But yeah. I think, you know, an, another just one more. I think that's it's a positive. And I have two more questions for you, by the way. Obviously, we're talking about the women's division in NWA. It is still Women's History Month at the time of recording this. So I know jazz is definitely one that you look up to. But in the spirit of celebration, who are some women in your personal and professional life that inspire or empower you? Uh, well, my my best friend in the industry is Amy Rose. Uh, yes. we, we, we trained together at Team 3D, and that's where we met. And... Um, We've just been friends ever since. We talk like every day on the phone and and we've just been there through each other's struggles, the ups and downs, the, all the bits in between. And so that's someone that I really, you know, look up to and admire. Um, of course, I got a good relationship with my mama. So that's, that, you know, that's a beautiful woman in my life. Um, I'm thankful for Medusa as well. She helps out, you know, backstage as well. And she's always... 
she's going to be really not very happy when she sees me do this interview looking like this. Um, sorry, Deuce. Really sorry about that. But, uh, but <laughs> you know, but the thing is, she just wants the best out of people and she wants people to flourish. And, um, and so that's, she's awesome as well. I'm trying to think if there's anybody I'm, I'm leaving out, but yeah, for, I would say some other friends like Jenna, but you guys don't know Jenna. She's a doctor. So she helps save life. You know, that's a good thing, but you guys don't know Jenna. So it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. But you know, <laughs> I will say, I want to close things out with something that's like completely, completely out of left field, because I just selfishly want to know, because I heard you're really high on skincare. As you can see today, you're, you're still glowing Camille. So what does Ooh, your, blah, blah. I don't know. I didn't even wash my face last night. I girl, think but so. All right, we're going. <laughs> what does your typical routine look like or what are some of your holy grail products oh my gosh okay so at night i use this um like it's called dermatologica have you heard of it yes all right i don't know if i'm pronouncing it right but dermatologica something like that um wash and then i use a cerave moisturizer and then i use a serum i don't even remember that this it's i don't know i got it in an ipsy box okay but it's a very yeah. fancy schmancy serum but here's the key ladies that are aging start putting in some tretinoin it's a retinol but the thing about it is and i've been dealing with this is when you first start it, it takes like two months for your skin to get used to and so you're gonna like sh like be shuddy and yeah cracking skin so that's the pain in the butt but you got to go through that apparently to come out on the other side which is like the beautiful skin yeah but yeah for for us aging ladies Tretinoin. Oh, and eye eye cream. You got you got to use the eye cream. I have um. It's called Tula or Tulia. Do you know what I'm talking about Tula? It sounds I vaguely go, familiar. I would go get it right now, but I can't. So it's, it's, okay. it's, it's, it's packed up in my thing. But anyway, it's an eye stick like for wrinkles, but instead of a cream, it's literally like a like a stick. And so that's what I was talking about Amy about literally the other day. I was like, there's no excuse to be lazy with this because you can just go pop 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 yeah. pop pop. You don't have to like rub it in. So I don't know. You guys, if you Google like T-U-L-A, I don't even know that's right. But I'm sure if you Google that eye stick. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Hold on. Link link in bio. And I am not <laughs> I am not associated with them. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's it. blue. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Brightening yeah. eye bomb stick. Yeah. Yep. That's the one. The more you know. Oh, and guys. Oh, I forgot. Oh, my gosh. And sunscreen. You have to use sunscreen every day. Yeah, I, especially me. I'm a, I'm a pale girly. In case you couldn't tell, I need yeah, that. Yeah, pale is so good. That's like <laughs> oh, I I so I played softball. Obviously, I spent so much time in the Same. sun. Oh, girl, I played softball like, for ten years. Yeah, right. <laughs> and it's it's like I now I have all this discoloration and mm -hmm. stuff that I'm dealing with because I didn't know anything about sunscreen and taking yeah. care of your skin. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I've been I'm trying to do the micro needling and all stuff to try to like reverse it but it is what it is yeah. it is what it is i once played a game with sun poisoning that was the worst thing i could ever do yeah it was not fun that was the worst thing i ever did to myself what position did you play so i literally played everything except catcher but at that point i was playing um pitcher so that sucked that sucked oh my <laughs> gosh you had to pitch a whole game with some i mean that's some goat I mean, after, right after, after a little bit, I got taken out because I was just dying, honestly. Um, 
but yeah, it was an unforgettable experience. Don't recommend. Wear wear your sunscreen. (laughs) Wear your sunscreen. (laughs) Moral of the story, wear your sunscreen, even on a cloudy day. Exactly, because I know the light (laughs) reflects it. I don't know all the science, but yes, I I wanted to get that for my own personal kind of gain because I want to know the tricks to it. So thank you for that. (laughs) But before I let you go, can you please share where the people can find you on social media? I know you weren't on Twitter for a hot minute, but but you're back. So we're happy to have you back yep i'm back i i completely got rid of it and then <laughs> excuse me i uh, got it back but i wasn't running it yeah and then i was like you know what i'm ready to be i'm ready to be back on it and interact with the people and handle all the bs that comes along with it i'm good i'm cool so uh yeah i'm on twitter at camille the k underscore brick i believe it is and um on instagram at Camille with a K Brick House and everybody my wrestling name is not Camille Brick House it's just my Instagram <laughs> name yes my wrestling name is the Brick House like that's a little moniker Camille yeah. yes yeah that's it but um I-, I couldn't write that all on Instagram so on Instagram it's just Camille Brick House but whatever <laughs> that's besides um and then make sure you follow NWA as well on socials yeah. so you keep up everything going on at NWA and it's really just at nwa so yeah. easy to find and don't forget to check out nwa's 312 pay-per-view coming up on april 7th on fight tv of course camille the brick house camille <laughs> will be defending the nwa women's world championship against la rosa negra camille thank you so much for joining me today it's been an absolute pleasure thank you so much i appreciate it